In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In the epistle, St. Peter writes, quote, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. When I returned to the faith during my college and subsequent years, I encountered a lot of Bible teaching that focused on what is referred to as the end times. I remember a Bible study in 1984 where a man told me he was certain that we were in the seven years of the Great Tribulation. It was not the last time someone told me they were certain they knew when the end would would, would be, would come. Two things bothered me about these kinds of predictions and the whole atmosphere around the phenomenon of the, quote, end times. First, they were all wrong. The outer limit of the seven-year period, 1991, uh, came, but the world did not end. Subsequent uh, predictions have also come and gone. No one dragged these false prophets out and stoned them to death. They just adjusted their symbols wrote another book, and created the next version of what C.S. Lewis refers to as a, quote, local scare. Additional studies and prayer revealed that this way of looking at the end, usually associated with a system of thought called dispensationalism, is a serious error. It fails to understand the complexity and nuance a biblical language about the end. It fails to understand that the primary end the New Testament talks about is the end of the Old Covenant age. This is marked by Christ's fulfillment of the Torah in his life and death, the destruction of the Jerusalem temple, and a cosmic change in worship made visible in the shift from temple sacrifice in Jerusalem to Eucharist offered in every place. See Malachi chapter 1, verse 11. The second thing that bothered me about these these, uh, predictions is that they tended to make people afraid. This fear stood in stark contrast with the hopeful expectation for Christ's coming that characterizes the New Testament. For example, in Philippians, St. Paul says, quote, Our citizenship is in heaven, from which we eagerly wait for the Lord Jesus Christ. As the last verse of the New Testament says, quote, Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The prophecy people did not stir up the same longing. They seem to say that when Jesus comes, he's going to snatch his people away and put them in what seemed like a closet somewhere in heaven and then torch the earth. It made one feel like praying, even so, please wait, Lord Jesus. In our epistle, St. Peter says that the end of all things is at hand. Taken in the false way, this means that God will soon destroy everything, and we don't really know what's next. 
However, this is not what this word means. The Greek word for end in this passage is telos. And telos has become an English word, so I'm not just quoting Greek. It's used in philosophy to refer to an ultimate object or aim. This is the meaning in the epistle and indeed throughout the New Testament. St. Peter is saying the ultimate object or aim of all things is at hand. God will soon complete his work of new creation. And we are eager to see it happen. A form of the word telos is used in two other biblical passages. It's used in a lot of passages, but two other passages that highlight its meaning. The last words of Jesus on the cross were, it is finished. The word finished is a verbal form of telos. Thus, when Peter refers to the telos of all things, he means that the work Jesus finished on the cross will be applied to the entire creation. As Romans 8.21 says, quote, the creation itself will be delivered from its bondage to corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Jesus will finish his work of new creation. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, Jesus said, quote, You shall be perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. The word perfect in this passage is an adjective form of telos. The English word perfect can convey a sense of unattainable or even insufferable flawlessness. Jesus is saying something different. He is saying, be therefore complete, be whole, become the person you were created to be. Thus, the end or telos in the New Testament is the completion of God's new creation. This is when what Jesus accomplished in his life and death and resurrection will be experienced by the entire creation. This is what we long for with the deepest desires that the Holy Spirit has planted in our hearts. As Romans 8.23 says, quote, We who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. St. Peter says that the telos or end of all things is at hand. At hand means near or getting closer. We can understand this in terms of both chronology and proximity. Chronologically, we are living in the last days. This is the time between Pentecost and the second coming of Jesus. We are moving ever closer in time to the return of Christ. And each time we work through the church calendar again, we are a bit closer to its ultimate completion. In terms of proximity, the telos is near in the sense that Christ is always near to us through the Holy Spirit. 
In Revelation, Jesus said, quote, I am the beginning and the end, literally the arche and the telos. Since Jesus is the telos of creation and he is always with us through the spirit, the telos is always near. This is why St. Peter exhorts us to be serious and watchful in our prayers. This means through constant prayer, keep your eyes, your focus on the true end and goal of life. And beware of the temptations and the distractions that move your focus off of that true end and goal. St. Peter writes, quote, Have fervent love for one another, for love will cover the multitude of sins. Each of us bears the image of Christ. Thus, if we have eyes of faith to see each other according to our true value, each member of the body of Christ serves as a constant reminder that the telos is near. We participate in the joy of the coming kingdom of God as we love and forgive each other right now. And we must work at love, at agape, because it is so easy to be drawn away from love and to fall into anger, resentment, envy, jealousy, and complaint. St. Peter writes, quote, Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Biblical hospitality is focused on welcoming the stranger. It is not about inviting your good friends over for dinner. In the Bible, hospitality is rooted in the action of God. He chose Israel when Israel was a stranger in Egypt. He brought the Gentile outsiders into his covenant people. It is also rooted in the biblical idea that the stranger might be an angel of God whose true identity is hidden from us. And in the teaching of Jesus, that what we do to the least of his brethren, we do to him. We can only practice genuine biblical hospitality as a result of our own experience of grace. When I realized that God welcomed me into communion with himself despite my sins and failures, I learned to invite others into fellowship with me despite their sins and failures. In the body of Christ, hospitality is practiced by welcoming those you might be naturally disposed to dislike and those who cannot give you anything in return. Reach out to those who are not your friends, to those who cannot repay you. Listen rather than talk. Forgive rather than accuse. Accept rather than judge. Love rather than hate, without grumbling, as St. Peter says. Do for others 
what Christ has done for you. This current season makes hospitality difficult. However, hospitality can also be practiced by phone, email, text, and video chat. Reach out. Welcome someone into relationship with you, just as Christ is now with you in your solitude. St. Peter writes, quote, As each has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of God's manifold grace. The Bible teaches us that each believer has been given a gift of charisma. With the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are given a gift of the Holy Spirit. And this is our focus of ministry to others in this world as we prepare for the telos or completion of all things. Lamentably, our culture focuses too much on what I need and what I want, without a complementary concern for how my needs and wants correspond to the good of the whole. This consumer attitude frequently creeps into the church. On Memorial Day weekend, we remember those who gave their lives for our country. We honor their service and sacrifice, what they did for us, how they put the greater good of the whole above their own personal comfort. This reminds us that service and sacrifice give life its true meaning, its telos. This reminds us that the self-centered consumer attitude destroys us because it distracts us from our true identity and purpose and makes us miserable in the process. This time of relative isolation is opportunity to renew our vocation, to serve others with the gifts God has given us. During this season of ascension, which runs from last Thursday, Ascension Day, until Pentecost next Sunday, we wait and pray for the Holy Spirit to come. We experience this each year in terms of receiving the Holy Spirit in a new and growing way as we wait for the Holy Spirit to complete his work in us in the resurrection on the last day. During this season, let us pray that the Holy Spirit will come to us in a new way on Pentecost. Let us pray that the Spirit will help us to love more fervently, and practice hospitality more generously. Let us pray that the Holy Spirit will stir up and renew our spiritual gifts so that we may be servants of God and of God's people and not merely religious consumers. For, as St. Peter says, quote, the end of all things is at hand. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost.